rolling. Five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast with Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. And I am Jesse, today joined by our guest, Jack Hackett, writer, comedian, director, man of many hats. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> well, that's me. That's, that's, that's you. That's that guy. <laughs> so uh, th- thanks for coming on the show. Would you mind uh, telling the audience like a little bit about yourself, what you do? A little bit about me. So you hear all those fun titles, writer, comedian, director, what I really am and what I get paid to do, I'm an assistant in the entertainment industry. Um, which I love. Um, I, I'm from Georgia. I came out here for school and I kind of got hooked up in the right way, met the right people and ended up on a TV show and things going all right. Nice. What, uh, what school did, uh, did you go to that, that you got hooked up at? I went to USC, the very scandal filled, but it all happened after I left all the college (laughs) admission. I wasn't caught. So everything was fine. Your parents um, are in the clear. They're not bribing. Yeah, they're anyone. in the clear. Good. Look, I already went. I'm already graduated. They can't get me now. Yeah. Statue of limitations. We're good. Yeah. Don't worry. Got the about diploma it. in a lockbox. Yep. Yeah. If they found out I was on an athletic team, they you would know something was up. So we had to do some. We just did straight up bribing to get in. Oh man. Uh, you know the good old fashioned way. So your time there, uh, mostly production, is what um, you're studying. I actually didn't get in the production program. I got into the program it was called critical studies. It was more of just watching movies and writing papers on it. Which, oh, okay. Um, I didn't enjoy. I love school, but that I did not like writing essays. So basically most of my time was filled doing extracurriculars. So I ran the comedy club there uh, where I, uh, I sort of helped run like sort of events at school with the comedy program and the professors there. So I met them, which is how I got, hooked up with uh, the showrunner of the Jim Jeffrey show. But then in addition to that, I was also running our satire paper called Sack of Troy. And then there was like a, uh, like a weekend update style show for our TV station that I also wrote and made sketches for. So all of my time was spent on the extracurriculars and like very little time on school, (laughs) which is what I preferred. It's the fun way to do it at least, right? Oh, totally agree. Like my school is too easy. Was so was this sack of Troy like the national lampoon essentially for yeah it was basically uh it was like USC's the onion okay it definitely uh that's pretty much just that we did onion and click hole style stuff so everything's all headline based and I ran that for two years with my writing partner who I live with still oh, cool. um, um but yeah we had a lot of fun there and like so I didn't do stand up until almost I was done graduating but I was doing comedy for a, a while before I started stand up. So I at least had a, a grounding in what what was funny. Right. Um, mm. And I did stand up and then I had to 
have another new threshold because <laughs> my headline stuff did not transfer and uh it's, it's stand-up's brutal do you guys do stand-up at all or anything like that matt's done more than i have it's not, yeah. I, i'm right more than get up on stage yeah i mean we're both like bitches about it like. i'm gonna be the honest one about it we're bitches about it and uh, i haven't <laughs> taken the step to really like put in the work to it but we love it we love stand-up you know that's what really the probably the main influence behind doing this podcast is comedy got us into like you know comedy radio shows yep. Cut, cutting then, our chops and trying to find out what sounds funny with it without yeah. the audience there to boo us i guess yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite art form um and yeah yeah we just we just haven't really taken this chance to do it over time it, yeah to actually you know get up I mean? on stage. that seems like the hardest part yeah. of it is actually getting out there and getting on stage though for me, it I've had good experiences, yeah. and I'm just like I'm afraid to go and have that bad one, which is inevitable. Yes. <laughs> inevitable. Oh, plenty of bad ones. Plenty of oh, bad ones. See, stop it. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but eventually, the bad stuff you just laugh at. Like when I'm bombed now, I'm just laughing my ass off on stage because I realize how <laughs> terrible it probably is for all the other comics who paid to sit there. Yeah, because <laughs> that's uh, what's bad about open mics. Is uh, <laughs> at least for LA, it's tough because there's so oh, many. You people. guys got it the hardest. <laughs> how how competitive is it down there um there's just it's a ton of people wanting to do it and then the difference is like from like chicago and the other places that i think this could be wrong <laughs> but um we get also have like a bunch of actors wanting to do it too so not only mm. are we getting people who just want to do stand-up we're getting stand-up actors like and then there's directors and oh, sketch yeah. people like everyone who just like wants to like work on a comedy mm-hmm. like i don't want to be stand-up long term but mm. i'm working on my comedic voice and seeing yeah. how, what jokes work and like learning how to cut the fat on things so it's really a good school just to just mm. go up there and fucking tank for five minutes <laughs> mm. um it kind of checks you because i mean yeah. like it's funny because some people laugh at those random things that aren't funny to anybody else in the room and it's like it's kind of checks that moment like you know like what does everybody find funny yeah exactly. you know which is good for writing perspective 100 yeah. you know, like, what did i alienate like what was wrong with this joke here that alienate the audience that did not connect because I didn't set something up right. And like, mm-hmm. how much setup do you really need for a joke? Mm. Um, Cause then you like, you go do your time and like, you listen to your tape back and you'll be like, I got to laugh here. You're like, you'll remember in your brain, like, Oh, I killed it. Like these laughs were really big. Then you can go back and listen. Like the gaps in between the laughs are so vast. Mm. And then when you go mm. see someone really good, at like the store, the improv or whatever, and like every line's a joke and laughs come with every sentence. Oh, dude. Like how do you, how do you trim that fat? And that's just what you learn from just going up there and doing it for seven mm. years is what people say it takes to get good. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like the difference between like a civil war style gun and like a machine gun with the jokes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me reload this son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't need to, you don't need to pack it for so long. Just have another <laughs> bullet. Yeah, exactly. That's a good comparison. Yeah, I'm, I, I take on the title of Master of Similes. Um, oh, great! On our show, so yeah, <laughs> wonderful. I'll keep that rain going. <laughs> um, so, so you you've written too. I look looking through your IMDb. It's like writer, director, actor, cinematographer. Yeah. Yes. What What would you say your writing style is? Do you is it mainly comedies? Mainly comedy. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much why it came out here was like i i was definitely in the minority of my class which is i was more into the mainstream adam mckay style comedy mm-hmm. stuff and everyone else was more into i don't even mean disparage everybody but people were more into the art side of film and i was more into just the entertainment factor 
and I've grown up and learned that's that not that's not necessarily the case, but that's definitely my motto. It's not entertaining. I don't give a shit. Mm. Um, yeah. So comedy is definitely totally in that volume because it's not a wholly respected field. Like everyone gives all these dramatic actors the praise, but the comedic actors, like it's really tough and they don't get much praise and you know, that's the way it goes. But um, that's where I decided to focus. And then also fun fact, fun story. I graduated high school in Georgia and I immediately joined the film union there. Mm -hmm. So I started doing lighting on union TV shows. Oh wow! So uh, you'll see a bunch of production credits in my IMDb because I just was doing below the line stuff, and I did like a day of sound on Fast and Furious Seven. Oh wow! And, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> I was on a canceled VH1 show uh, for lighting, and then when I basically all the money I made then, I made like twenty grand in like five months. Oh shit! Really cool. oh, I don't oh, know why I came good, out here dude. to try to do stand up. I don't. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck um, are you doing, dude? <laughs> so I put, unfortunately I put all that money into equipment, a bunch of lighting and camera equipment. So I moved it all out here. So I was like the equipment guy in college. So I was the gaffer for so many people's projects. And I, sh I shot a bunch of things for people. Cause I just had all the equipment. I have sound, I have camera, I have lighting. Cause I wanted mm -hmm. to be self-sufficient. I didn't want to rely on other people like people were for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I just let people borrow it all for free. So now everybody owes me. <laughs> nice. Uh, so not really Long free. plan. Yeah, long so plan. So now it's like, you're going to do sound in my movie, bitch. Um, <laughs> Dude, smart plan. I like that. Yeah, totally. It was smart. Like but I, there's no ROI. Uh, <laughs> there's no return <laughs> on the investment for anything I bought. Um, so yeah, most of my credits on there are going to be gaffing and stuff because that's what i did for like in addition to comedy and stuff i was just working on student films for a while mm -hmm. and basically i was giving the advice by someone back in atlanta like another uh a best boy he goes it's great you're doing that but i feel like you're gonna pigeonhole yourself as the lighting guy no one's gonna take you seriously when you try to do anything else mm -hmm. i was like oh shit so when i went back i basically was like okay i'm gonna stop gaffing things i need to focus more on creative stuff so that's sort of timed up when I took over the newspaper and uh, newspaper parody paper mm -hmm. um, news to me but um, <laughs> uh, I just decided I should really double down at college to focus on the creative stuff because that's kind of why I'm there and I can always fall back on below the line stuff and I still can I still have connections here because I tried joining the lighting union in LA mm -hmm. but uh, it's so hard like people's kids can't even join like Damn. it's so it's so it like it's here, here's what's really hard about it is at least for 728 that's the lighting union out here in order for you to get on a union to become union you need to work on a union show but the only way you know about union shows is that you'd be union it's like the classic actor problem you can't be sag or whatever you can't get representation yep. without being represented or being in things um so you have to wait until they have a thing called permit days, which is when everyone on the roster is supposedly working. Then like, okay, we can go pe find people who aren't working. And you have to get 30 days um, in three years in order to get your union card, Damn. which sounds like not much. But like, I know people who are at that three year cusp are like, I have 28 days. Does anybody have? It's like, just give me two days. Fuck. I just need two days. I just need to get in. Can you imagine? Because then you get benefits wow. and you get in, uh, insurance, obviously, training, <laughs> work. The yep. gateway is um, open. <laughs> it's so hard out here to join, which is why a lot of a lot of productions are starting up 
in other cities as well because it's easier for tax incentives. It's easier to find crew. Um, it's easier to make it in other cities. Georgia, like you had mentioned, like that was where they did majority of The Walking Dead from what yeah. I understand. It opened yep. a lot for them too. And yeah. then all the, the animation, William Street, they, mm-hmm. they all take place over there. And well. all, like, a lot of Marvel movies are Georgia as well because mm-hmm. they opened up Pinewood and that pretty much just became Marvel Studios. They had 11 stages and all of them are Marvel. Oh, wow. Um, wow. But Pinewood just sold it and changed the name. So I don't know what Pinewood's realizing about Atlanta. Huh. <laughs> I don't know if it's slowing down or not for them. But Maybe. I, I, I would think the next. cost of doing business out there has to be a lot less compared to the West Coast, like L.A. Mm. Oh, for Everything. sure. For what I'm paying for rent, I could probably own a house in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, yep. you're in Bay Area, right? I mean, your rent might even be worse than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. feeling it up I here. Say, Especially I, where, where we, where Matt and myself grew up in upstate New York, it, you can get, you know, uh, a pretty much two bedroom apartment for like 800 bucks sometimes yeah. in the middle yeah. of in the middle of the woods. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah. You're gonna have bears as neighbors for sure, but yeah, yeah. My my friends in like a studio, uh, we call it his treehouse because it's so tiny and his kitchen set <laughs> looks like one of those children's Fisher Price units. You know? <laughs> oh, poor guy. And he's taller than his shower. Like it's so bad. And he's paying like, I think like 1600 a month. And that's oh, not including God. utility. He's just getting fucked over. Like that's, oh, sucks. that's why it's so hard to start here. You that's, like, that's, I thought LA would have been a little bit better, but it sounds like it's just under where we're at in the Bay area in terms yeah, of. Yeah. It's so bad. Pricing. And I'm sure this is great podcast material. Talk about <laughs> yeah, we, we, we cover everything. <laughs> our, our audience loves it. All those West Coast dreams getting crushed. Wait, <laughs> so you guys are both from New York? Yep. Yeah. I'm still here. I'm still in New York. I'm so in Albany. Still, New York. Where are you in New York? Albany. Yeah. I'm in the capital. Albany? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got a bunch of family uh, just outside New York and uh, uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so I got some New York connections. Do you guys call it Taylor Ham or Pork Roll? Uh, are you talking about like ham sandwiches, man? <laughs> I thought this is going to connect a little better. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard of uh, what, what Taylor something. This, this is this sounds, like deep, this sounds like deep Jersey. You know what? I think it is Taylor. You know what? It's a Jersey thing. It totally is a Jersey <laughs> it thing. Is, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I even asked you. That's how embarrassing. We there there are bacon, nemesis, egg, and man. cheese and pizza here. Yeah, <laughs> bagels and uh, breakfast sandwiches. That's all. <laughs> Our claim to fame. Yeah. So uh, we're speaking of podcast material. You mentioned uh, off the, off our recording here that you have a podcast yourself. I do. It's called the uh, Unsolicited Podcast. It's uh, on Spotify like you guys and wherever you find your podcast. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's me and two coworkers, former coworkers. We were canceled. But uh, uh, we just shoot the shit for 90 minutes. Um it's fun. We have people. We are. It's where we have like an international appeal because we, when the Jim Jeffrey Show podcast was canceled, we sort of absorbed all the listeners. So we have listeners all around the world, like very little United <laughs> States people. Like it's all like Australia, <laughs> Ireland, dude. England, nope. um, like all the Commonwealth countries. And so just they'll come in and we're learning lingo. We're like okay, and uh, <laughs> but it's it's interesting to be playing to mostly an audience that's nowhere near us. That's yeah. Yes. Brings a different perspective in terms of because you you'd mentioned that they ask questions to yeah. you guys a lot of the time. So I'm sure you get a lot of odd questions. We do. Some cross the line and <laughs> we don't really answer it. In what and way? Then, uh, <laughs> there's like, how do you, there's one question. I mean, we do answer them, 
Uh, but they were like, how do I convince my girlfriend to do anal on her birthday? I'm like, whoa, what? Uh, You're going to ruin her birthday. Oh my God. Yeah, why is it? Like, there's so many wrong things with this question. It's more um, of a question for late night with Sue. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we get a bunch of weird questions like that, uh, a bunch of relationship questions. Okay. Um, and we're uh, only one of us is in a relationship. So it's really, we don't give good advice. We've convinced someone to break up with their long distance. It's like, I'm asking you to stop nice. listening to us, please. <laughs> please stop taking our advice. They're giving you too much power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> please don't take anything we say to heart because we're ruining relationships. Someone's like, I just got divorced. What should I do? We're like, we don't know, man. <laughs> You're on your own there. <laughs> yeah. There's this one guy. His name's John. He's a blind guy. He always says, yep, it's your favorite drunk blind guy, John. And <laughs> <laughs> apparently he, he got divorced from his wife. Like he's just in a terrible, his wife could see it and broke up. Like it's just, what a terrible life. She took the eyes and just left. Yeah, exactly. Oh Poor man. Poor guy. And then we just make fun of him for being drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a pretty loyal fan base though. It is. It is. It really is. They're very mm. hardcore. And they're actually kind of why I turned off my social media notifications. I could not take the messages. And granted, okay. it was like three messages, but I'm like, I don't want to see this right now. It's overwhelming <laughs> yeah, right. too much. I just want to live my life, man. You you mentioned the other podcasts that you were on that this audience base kind of came from, the Jim Jeffrey mm-hmm. Show podcast, which was, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, it ran alongside the actual show that you worked on, the Jim Jeffrey yes. Show. Yes, yes. That's where I kind of came across you and originally wanted to reach out to you is because I was a listener of, of that, of the Jim Jeffrey show podcast. And then it, oh, yeah. it ended, I, I guess, due to it did. Uh, suits. It sounded like making a decision to cut it off. Yeah. Um, I can't get into too much why, uh, okay. but basically it was um, the ad, like they were basically making money through the ads we were doing Mm -hmm. and we have a mostly international audience Mm -hmm. so the ads didn't really do anything because it was for their american ads and it's all like an international audience so they weren't making money there and it just didn't financially didn't make sense is basically the simplest way to explain it all okay um but it's going to be coming back it'll be coming back in 2020 cool um it's going to be uh it's a spotify production oh wow Um, but it'll be fun. We're looking, we're just looking for a space right now. Um, it'll be more structured than before. Um, I don't know if any <laughs> of your, more, if any of your listeners, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know if any of your listeners are aware of this podcast, but if so, uh, there was, was a podcast that didn't have much structure. Now there's going to be one with more structure. Nice. I hope there, I hope it does. It seemed to have a little bit more leniency in terms of what could be done because it wasn't on tv that's like one of the nice things with podcasts is you guys could get away yes. with a little, a little bit more crossing a little bit more of the lines and being a little more blue yeah because basically what was happening was we taped the tv show on tuesday and then pretty much right when we're done we go right into the podcast and talk about things that were sort of cut from the show and things we wanted to say but couldn't say and of course that's all going to be the uncensored material mm-hmm. um that Standards and Practices says, uh, there's no way this is going on our TV show. Um, and even still, when we did that, we still had to send the podcast through Comedy Central uh, Standards and Practices again. Mm. So certain things were probably cut out as well. But we, we could definitely be way less uncensored. Also, mm. in the beginning, everyone just was plastered for it. <laughs> and then Viacom had a real word. There's no alcohol in the office. And I think it was our fault. But um, 
Oh no. You guys yeah, got an entire like, no alcohol anywhere. Yeah. An we entire company policy changed. <laughs> I don't know who came cracking down, but we did not have alcohol was removed quickly from the premises. Oh damn. Yeah, well, I know. At least there's a lasting legacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can still go listen to it. Yeah. It's still around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll be coming back and uh Jim's not drinking that much anymore, so it'll be fairly sober, which is fine. Well, that's good. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Support for American Slacker comes from Manscaped, who's the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I don't know about you, Jesse, but I am sick and tired of being outmatched by these razors and traditional trimmers that you get in the store, and no matter what, they, they fucking snag your nuts. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have a lawnmower 2.0 razor, which they have sent our way, has a proprietary skin-safe technology, so you won't get those nicks or snags on your nuts. Nice! Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Yeah, and with our 20% off code plus free shipping, you're going to be saving a bunch of money and getting some great products that won't end up uh, making it look like a war zone down there. All you got to do is enter Slackers at checkout. Manscaped.com, 20% off. Get your anti-chafing ball deodorant, your sweet lawnmower 2.0. Your nuts will thank you later. You can even rep them by getting yourself a Manscaped.com t-shirt. So head on over to Manscaped.com, 20% off at checkout. Enter code SLACKERS. Get your ball swag here. I mean, that kind of leads us into the next thing, like your uh, your work on the show. Um, how would you how would you sum it up since it is has come to an end, unfortunately, after three seasons? What I did, I was called the executive assistant. So I was originally so through OC, I met the showrunner, Scott Zabilski, and he was just assigned to be my mentor. Hmm. Like, so usually with the mentors at USC, are, uh, they go. Um, Here's your mentor. Get a coffee with him. So you get a coffee and they go, nice to meet you. Bye. And you never see him again. Scott right. was like, I need an assistant on a movie I'm doing. Do you want to do it? I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Did it. He liked me. Then he got the Jim Jeffrey show. And then he's like, do you want to be my assistant on here? I went, yeah, okay. So I jumped on there. Uh, so I did that in college for two years. Hmm. Um, and then event- I graduated and just did the show for a year. Nice. And then, um, and then uh, week two, they go, hey, uh, Jim needs an assistant. And no one else wants to be his assistant. Do you want to just be both of our assistants? I went, okay. <laughs> I remember the first thing I said to him was, uh, I, I was like, I was very wet behind the ears. I was very Kenneth Parcell in the beginning. <laughs> and so I went, uh, Jim, I'm really excited to be your assistant. I think it's going to be a great time. And he went, oh, God. And slammed the door in my face. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's, he's not good with... Um, earnestness um which i've learned to (laughs) dial back over the years uh but yeah i was this nerdy little kid uh season one and then just i was harassed for three seasons and um i was bullied into being a better person so um (laughs) and i told him that in in our very last meeting to go i think jack's changed the most 
out of everybody, I went, uh, Jack, do you have anything to say? I said, uh, thank you all for bullying me into a better person. <laughs> and I went, I, it was silent. There wasn't really a laugh, but everyone acknowledged. They went, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> just a, a silent yeah. agreement amongst went, the group. Oh, wow, we were kind of mean in the beginning, but it was all in, all in good fun. I told myself as I cried. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the pillow are made with pressure, baby. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And then it gave me a thick skin. I was doing stand-up at the same time, so you really had to just – power through just people not liking you and then now it's just it's all just funny <laughs> yeah you seem to have a decent disposition about the whole thing so yeah, like i love it, it. i love my time there um because um i got to travel the world of uh, all the season three field pieces we went to australia asia south africa to go and wow. all those and i was the uh i took on the role of being like the um the still photographer for everything so i have a bunch of just amazing images i've taken yeah, your Instagram, like, a lot of them on there just are fantastic, man. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I I mean, I wanted to be a director of photography for a very long time, so photography was a way I spent a lot of my time. So the fact that I got to use it on the job I was very excited to do. Nice. Um, I think I'm different than most assistants, and then I have this this very uh, large knowledge for like technical aspects of things mm -hmm. just because i i wanted i was in that i was like a gearhead for a long time so i know how to take pictures i know how to edit i know how to edit photos and color correct and i know how to do sound i know how to do every aspect of production which no one else knows how to do hmm. and i know how to i know how to use photoshop so like everything i've done up until this point has been good like all these moments alone in my room just learning a stupid technical skill paid off for this job nice and i never would have expected that so whenever i have to find a replacement i need to find someone who knows how to do all these things because it's going to be expected um but yeah i never expected all that below the line stuff to pay off mm -hmm. uh, but it's interesting how life works i guess yeah no good to have that uh that knowledge it's better to have it not need it right yeah it's, that's very true that's very true mm -hmm. i'll probably not ever touch a 12k uh tungsten head anymore <laughs> any of my light fans out there you know what i'm gonna be talking about there you go uh, <laughs> so in ter in terms of like best or most memorable thing you did from your time at the show mm, good question come to mind um i'll say those traveling the world was definitely the most memorable um try to think i guess there was a time in hong kong when we were doing the the shark fin soup piece, mm -hmm. um, when we were, um, do you guys know the backstory of the shark fin soup stuff? No, does it taste no. great or something? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it, <laughs> they they pretty much chop the fins off the sharks oh. and like throw them back in, right? Yeah, yeah. And like totally your individual story, I hadn't seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, so like shark fin soup is like this. It's an elegant, high class dish in Asia, <laughs> and the way it's made is like. Uh, Jesse said, uh, you take the shark, chop off the fins and just throw the rest of the shark in the ocean. They drown and die. And, yeah. um, I think they said like, this happens to like a hundred million sharks a year or something. Holy um, shit. So it's crazy. And then all the fins are in the black market. No, sorry. Not even black market, just the regular market. Oh, wow. Um, it's illegal to do it, but once the fins are, it's a, they're illegal to import, but once they're there, there's nothing you can do. Oh, wow. Um, so we, had, went to a place that had shark fin soup, asked a bunch of questions, and I got to try the, the shark fin soup just because it was there. 
and it was really expensive. It was like over a hundred dollars for some fucking soup. Holy shit! Um, Whoa. Okay. Yeah, hundred US. Yeah, it was wow. crazy for some fucking soup. It can't so it was be like, that good. I don't care. Other what... people on the staff didn't want to do it, but me and our super supervising producer were like, "It's there. It's already, it's already done. Yeah. Might as well see yeah. what the hubbub's about." And it was basically just imagine chicken noodle soup, but like a thicker noodle. Like that was it because it's just cartilage. Oh. Um, but it's not, it's not worth a hundred dollars, but it's just, it's just a class statement. It's like driving a certain car, like a Rolls Royce. I don't know if it drives well, but it's definitely a statement. Yeah. Um, my God. so the other dishes they chose to order is gag orders. In addition to shark fin soup was a chicken's foot, which I tried <laughs> horrendous. I tried a goose's hand, which is just a goose's foot. I was going to say the ge- webbing. I was like geestone yeah. of hands. They, they I know they call it goose hand. I don't know. <laughs> it translates poorly or something. <laughs> but you, you just eat the webbing and between the toes. Oh. It's just like it. I've just it's it's a it's what I would assume eating a condom would be like. It was oh, just oh this God, soggy. Dude. Why? It was not soggy. Why? It was like this stretchy rubber. It was terrible. Um, and then <laughs> the worst one of the day was the sea cucumber, which just looked like oh, yeah, a gray, spiky, lumpy turd. Mm on a plate sitting in some sort of broth. I didn't just assume <laughs> it's like sea cucumber juice. The, the look um, on your face when you said broth did not convince me it's a broth. <laughs> like, it's more of a I don't jelly. know what it is. It's an au <laughs> um, That was that. I don't even know how to describe what that tasted like. Oh, um, I still have not been able to like, it was in the realm of like eating octopus or something. Okay. But really rubbery. Rubbery, mushier. Oh I don't. Oh, I. T- I think I've blocked out what it tasted like, but I almost gagged. Oh. And threw up, but nah. it was. There's a bit of it somewhere. Like it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but just the sight of just this lumpy log. <laughs> it just looked, it looked like a big slug. Yeah. Like a, like I guess uh, the size would be like, like a like a glasses case. Like okay. Oh man. Sunglasses oh, or whatever. Dude, like, no. It's a large turd. Take that handful. whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did half of it. Just oh, terrible. Man. Brave man. Brave. I guess other eating moments. Uh, I I was always asked to eat weird things. Um, <laughs> there was a time in uh, I went Jim when Jim does his Vegas show. It's like a big bizarre experience. Everyone gets to go. Um, so the last time we went, uh, he just like he loves the part where he's in the hotel room, gets to pick up the phone and just go, yeah, I want. Lobster. <laughs> I want spaghetti bolognese, and I want an eggs Benedict, and just hangs up the phone, <laughs> and then it all arrives. And so I was, I was bet uh, fifty bucks to drink the leftover butter in the pan where the lobster was. <laughs> okay. And I, and I did, and everyone <laughs> laughed at me, and it was also really gross because I just had chunks in it. It was like starting to curdle and turn back into regular. Oh, oh, this wasn't um, like right away. This was like end of the meal. Like, Hey, this is, yeah, this is, <laughs> there's no lobster left. It's just the butter that's left <laughs> oh, over. Dude. And so we poured it in, in a, like a whiskey glass and went, all right, down. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> Shoot it back. Shoot it back. Um, <laughs> for a long time, I wasn't able to do shots. I, personal <laughs> Tormented. I, I couldn't do shots for a very long time. So every time I did it, it would go in my throat, hit the back, and then come out my nose. Oh! And so, yeah, it's just this. I don't know if that's happened to you guys, but basically, you just get the sinus infected insi- uh, infection uh, yep. symptoms, where it burns and your nose starts mm. running. And I, oh, I'm crying. Yeah. Yep. It's. Yep. 
I don't recommend spitting a shot up through your nose, <laughs> but I assume most people would know that off the bat. <laughs> I don't know. What were you talking about? Memorable moments? <laughs> yeah, um, some of these were great so far. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing a common uh, theme with food here. Yeah, yeah, food. Okay, here's another good one. Uh, I hope I hope your listeners care about this. Um, so Jim, on the first time I was on the Jim Jeffrey Show podcast, he tells me, um, all right, you do stand-up, right? I basically, before this, I was like, I asked him just a question about stand-up. Like, where do you look? Yeah. I don't know where to look. He goes, just look at the people. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, honestly, honestly, good answer. Yeah, right. Um, so he knew I did stand-up after that or trying. So very on to him knowing me, he goes, hey, when I do the Ace Hotel, you're going to open up for me. I went, oh, shit. Okay. Um, he goes, I don't care if you bomb. Or do well, because if you bomb, we just get to make fun of you for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, if you do well, then you do well, and it's great, and you have to thank me for it. So it's a win-win. <laughs> um, so we predicted that it was the, the show was going to be booked in like three months. So I like hit the ground running. I'm like, I got to get this material done. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, uh, it was never getting booked. And then uh, we find out it's going to be booked in. So it's 2017 now. Finally, it's going to be booked in 2019 oh, in okay. April. So it's like, I got a lot of time to plan for it. So I'm working on my stand-up. And when we go to Asia, we're in Japan. And Jim's in the middle of his set. And he goes, yeah, my assistant's here, or blah, blah, blah. He sees me in the wing. And someone in the crowd goes, Jack, I Because <laughs> everyone's a fan of the podcast. And he goes, do you guys want Jack to come in here and tell one joke? And they went, yeah. So I come out there and... When I'm starting my joke, I'm getting heckled by the audience and I'm getting heckled by Jim on stage. (laughs) So I get through my joke. It goes fine. I leave the stage. Um, Then we're in Singapore a couple days later. And he, uh, like five minutes before the show starts, he goes, you're going to do five minutes. I went, oh my God. What? I went, okay. (laughs) Everyone goes, how do you have the balls to do this? I went, if I bomb, it's it's all right it's gonna happen yeah um so i I quickly look through my notes like oh god what do i have what do i have that's five minutes okay okay um i got it together i go out there and the problem with the singapore crowd is uh it was a lot of the asian crowds were similar which is they go ha ha and then it's just quiet it's not just tapering so it's just laugh ha ha okay what else you got buddy oh shit so uh, I've never really played to a 2,000 person room before. Yeah, I'm used to the 10 in like the back room of whatever open mic I'm paid to be at. Um, and it does not go very well. I get some, I get the last, you get the, <laughs> you know, those. <laughs> oh, fuck. You get, imagine if 2,000 people all going. <laughs> and I get off stage and uh, Forrest, uh, co-host for the Jim Jeffrey podcast and one of Jim's openers, him and Scott sit me down to go, we're going to have to write something new for you. Cause this, that's not good for good. I was doing a bunch of Coca-Cola material mm-hmm. and first goes, you got, you can't do this anymore. So we sit down and write a whole new five minute set. Just oh, wow. the three, just the three of us, which was really fun. Yeah. And Scott was having a good time and Forrest having a good time. It was kind of fun just to just write jokes. And then it's kind of like, Oh, this is why we're doing what we're doing because we really just love writing jokes. Mm-hmm. And um, so we get the material and I basically am saying I'm a virgin. That's basically the whole thing. I'm not a virgin. And I might have been, I'm not. I've done it uh, with 
three times. <laughs> I'm not a virgin. I'm proud of those three moments. Um, and uh, so the next night I do it and it goes, oh, it goes better. Because okay. obviously the joke writing is going to be better. It is better. Mm-hmm. And um, and I still, I actually, one of the jokes I still use is my closer. Um, so we did that. It was okay. And then after that, I, we go back, we get back to the U.S. And I start practicing more, writing all new material. And it's all much better nice. <laughs> stuff. I'm glad Forrest took me aside and said, this is shit. Um, <laughs> so then now it's 2019. And I pretty much have basically my set together for the ace and we go to south africa and these rooms are even bigger and jim's like you're gonna do five minutes tonight i went okay and it's for five thousand people oh wow i'm like holy shit like i'm i'm very fortunate to be doing these gigs because they'll probably never do a size again and most people never perform for like five thousand people in their lives you know so like i don't deserve what's happening and if i do poorly i'm like i don't belong here so it's fine um which apparently isn't the right mentality you should go out there and go i belong on this stage this is where i this is my my home um, my throne, so I, they'll have to rip yeah, exactly. my body from the stage i performed to five thousand people i do great to the point where I get backstage and Scott comes up and goes, dude, that was fucking awesome. Oh my God. Nice. And that was like really good as my mentor to say, wow, that was really great. And then I do two more gigs in uh, South Africa. Mm-hmm. And, but those were, I mean, they're still like to 4,000 people. It was still crazy. I did great Damn. those nights. I was like, wow, this is really fun. Um, and then, uh, you know, like I'll do my five minutes or whatever. And I go, wow, that really killed. And, so happy i'm doing great and then i'll see jim go out there and he destroys like my biggest laugh is his normal laugh (laughs) and it's just it was it's interesting when he he walks out on stage and the acdc's playing and the crowds are giving a standing ovation oh wow we love this guy i'm like wow i really am in a very fortunate position it was kind of like um you guys ever seen the movie almost famous yeah oh yeah yeah i'm just basically the almost famous kid i'm just traveling around with this rock star you know, and it's, it's magical. It really is inspirational to be with someone this big and so good that you can kind of forget it. Cause we're just like in his hotel room, like Jim, you need to wake up. We have a field shoot in 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> you kind of, I lose a little bit of perspective, but when those big moments happen, you go, wow, this really is a, a cool career I'm following. I'm very, I'm not religious, but I'm blessed to be here. Yeah. And so I, I definitely try to take every moment to just soak it in and just be like, this is, I need to remember this moment um for podcast and (laughs) yep and uh so then i get back to the united states again and i'm working on my set and i have eight minutes at the eight so i just need like a a couple more minutes in there so i'm trying some new stuff and we met a comedian in singapore and he uh sent named sam c and i let him stay at my house whenever he comes to la nice um so i was at a show a, a show i was booked on and he went, hey, send me your set. I want to hear it. I went, no, I don't want to do that. He goes, come on, pussy. I went, okay, fine. So I send him my like, <laughs> eight-minute tape or something with kind of like all new material. This is like my last hurrah. Like, okay, after this, I know what's going to go in the Ace Hotel set. Mm-hmm. Um, little do I know, Sam plays it, because Sam was staying at Jim's house at the time. He plays it for Jim, his Forrest, another one of his openers, J.J., Reese Darby, who's uh, oh, you know, Flight of the Concords, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in Jumanji. 
And so the four of them or the five of them are sitting there listening to it. And I start getting texts from them going, why are you doing these jokes? Why aren't you doing your other material that we, that we worked with? Why are you doing this? Like, this isn't what you're doing for the ace, right? I'm like, guys, stop. Oh Leave my me alone. God. <laughs> it was just like the wrong group of people to hear <laughs> me not do very well. Um, but then the ace hotel happened and I, it was the best set I've ever had. Nice. And, um, Jim gave me a big hug, hug and texted me later. Hey Jack, I'm proud of you. And I, I printed it off and I have it in some picture frame <laughs> proof that he said something nice. Yeah. I was going to say from the first story you told us about when you first met him to that, I feel like it's exactly. been quite an arc. Yeah. But it's also been like two years for me working for him. So we've also just become friends and like I go to, I went to his house for Thanksgiving and so I just started off as this loser assistant and now we're pretty good friends. Um, so it's cool how that happened. I never would have thought that that's where my life would be headed. That's great. Um, and then uh, I've just gotten better at stand up, and then um, I performed up in Santa Barbara at UC Santa Barbara, and I did really well. That was like my next best set, and Todd Glass was the headliner. Oh damn! And Todd Glass was like, "That was really good. I want you to open for me in Vegas." I went great, so I went to Vegas with Todd Glass, opened for him, and now he and I are friends, and I play in his band whenever he's touring. Oh, cool! Uh, or whenever he plays in, uh, in What's Los the Angeles, band? it's just called Todd Glass. It's his. He kind of has a sort of like a like sort of a phony lounge act okay where nice. he's the comedian and he has this band that will yell at him in the middle of the set and just be like no todd that's not how it works like todd will go yeah i just got a new car and we'll all go oh wow you got a new car oh wow look at you and he starts fighting with he goes oh no i'm just saying i have a new car I wasn't bragging we're like oh, i'm not bragging um and then he, he has his uh sort of sidekick john brand wagner who um is on the keyboard and his music stings are just he's always on the money with him so if you ever get a chance to see todd glass definitely go see him i actually think he's going to be up in brooklyn um so i don't know how far albany is from brooklyn but it might it's be not that far. too far yeah not no, that, far. that might be worth it uh but yeah he's great and then i've been just getting some book shows at the improv here and then those are going super well and nice um i don't know it's been i never considered stand-up as a career until this job and it's just kind of one of those things was like when a door opens, just walk through it mm -hmm. and just, just totally commit to it. And um, that's sort of been my life motto ever since this job, which is just take the opportunities, learn when to say no, which is what I'm also learning how to, what to do. Mm -hmm. But also just, if an opportunity arises, just jump at it and just put all your effort in it. And if it doesn't work out, whatever, you're back to where you were, but if yeah. it works out great, you're going to be in a much better spot because um, I know there's a lot of a lot of my friends are wor worried to like they're like a terrible job and they're worried like to make the jump somewhere because it might not go right mm -hmm. but it almost might be worth the, the jump yeah I don't know. yeah mm -hmm. no keep saying okay until they tell you no you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah when you hit no you're like all right I get it <laughs> hi fuckers I'm Jason Almy and I'm Christina Almy and we're the hosts of shit happens when you party naked you should listen to our podcast if you like interviews with fascinating and insightful guests. What recovery has done in my life, you know, I shouldn't be alive right now, first off. So I'm already blessed just by my heart beating every day. Or even silly and profane guests. Remember that time I was 14 and I was sucking dick? <laughs> or extreme profanity. But you were saying for a second, I was like, oh my God, your mom is right there. No. I was like, in front of your mom. I mean, I know we've dropped the F-bomb in front of your mom a whole bunch, but we should not say the word 
in front of Joanne. Please don't say in front of Joanne. Or explicit tales of fuckery. There's my buddy Chris standing in the in the aisle, pissing on the floor, pretending to be looking at an ironing board. Or shitty Samuel L. Jackson impressions? What ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Say what again? <laughs> I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Bro, you promised to stop making me do the Sam Jackson impression, you fucker. Search for Shit Happens When You Party Naked on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Podbean, SoundCloud, Overcast, Soundcast, Undercast, Sound Pocket, and Pocket Sound. I double dare you, motherfucker. This episode is brought to you in part by Hemp-CBD.com. Hemp-CBD was founded in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with the mission to provide the best products in the industry. Hemp-CBD has created a one-stop shop for tons of CBD products, such as tinctures, edibles, topicals, pre-rolls, vape, and pet products. The products carried by Hemp-CBD are sourced from an organic hemp that's grown in the United States, lab-tested, and consists of CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. This testing ensures that their products contain CBD and no other cannabinoids like THC. Head over to hemp-cbd.com and use promo code SLACKER for a 20% discount at checkout. That's hemp-cbd.com, promo code SLACKER. Well, that's awesome. So are there any dates or anything that uh, people can look forward to catching you if they're in your area? Yeah, let's see. Um, I'll be at the Dynasty Typewriter. I'll be in the Todd Glass Band on New Year's Eve. Oh, cool. Um, I think it's a 7.30 show. Um, I'll be playing the guitar. Nice. And then uh, yeah, I see some axes behind you there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we got my, I got an acoustic that I got for free from my neighbor who worked for Fender. Oh, what? Uh, What? He says, here's this acoustic. Uh, My kids beat it up, so it's in bad (laughs) shape, but it's yours if you want. It went great. Um, Why not? I have that. Then I have an American Strat, and then I have a Les Paul Epiphone. And um, nice. I've been playing like. I realized the other day I've been playing guitar for like half over half my life. Oh wow! Uh, which Matt's, is also Matt's cool. a guitar player as well. Man as well. Are you? I, yeah, I've noticed the well. bass guitar behind you. Yeah, Do you play regular guitar or bass? Warlock. There's an acoustic. Oh hell yeah, dude! An SG. Ooh. I used to have over like ten guitars at one time. I used to be crazy with it, but I got rid of a lot of them. Do they you play music? Yeah, you yeah, play oh, a band yeah. or anything? I got a lot of music. Uh, I got something coming out in the next month, actually. With a oh, really? Band. He's working with uh, this British uh, synthwave duo? Yeah, synthwave duo uh, called Delta City. And we got a song coming out. It'll be on their album. It's, uh, I hope it's dropping at the end of December. It might be January. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, oh yeah. We can definitely music, send it man. your way. They're, they're one of the oh, yeah, many please. people we've met through doing this podcast. Yep. Funny yeah, enough. it's funny. Yeah, it's an actual, yeah, it's a, a music thing that came up from podcasting you know that's so, awesome opportunities man walking through those doors you just ride them out literally you know? yeah you never know and what are you happen. playing just guitar on it or are you singing or doing i sing things? on it yeah oh cool yeah, yeah great and what's the genre uh synthwave it's like a it's oh, like okay. 80s ish kind of yeah 80s electronic uh kind of yeah, that's probably yeah. not a most accurate description of it mm-hmm. i feel like i can i i can i i think i know what it is but i i, I, don't, I can't name yeah, like the midnight um kavinsky um mm-hmm. have you seen the movie drive yes yeah a lot of the music in that was synthwave 
Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that's sort that, of what I was thinking kind of. of feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, oh yeah. But I used I used to do like post hardcore. <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so yeah. And a, and Matt and I did a, acoustic songs in the back yep. of his van in high school. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Wait, we I got a into it. Demos still out there. <laughs> I got into playing guitar because of School of Rock. Oh really? Jack by Black. chance, that, yeah, that movie inspired me to play guitar, and then I started listening to Green Day. So all I was playing was like green day songs right uh, oh, yeah. but now i've matured and you know, i play fallout boy songs <laughs> oh, i used to be such a dude jack Black your name dr- your name pick dropping of destiny, oh, pick of destiny. Piss- yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god <laughs> i love That's that fucking shit. great yeah um hell yeah dude that jack movie's Black underrated people do not talk about that movie enough that's yeah. one of my favorite movies it's a fantastic yeah. one yeah, it, yeah oh, what, are, what are some of your favorite comedies that uh that are your like your go-to's for like if you were to suggest people see yeah 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 uh let me think of my my sort of top ones i i, I was working on like i should have like a top 10 ready to go um and pretty much Sometimes all my favorite it's difficult movies, to pick though it is know? yeah i think pretty much all my favorite movies are also comedy so it all works out but number one's back to the future and there's mm. a surprising number of people who haven't seen it yeah go see true. it it's really weird. Go go fucking see it. Um, that one's great. I love the Coen Brothers movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, that's a great one. Um, just the callbacks in that movie are wonderful. The whole and Odyssey thing. Is it the yes. Odyssey? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the Odyssey, yeah. It's so fucking cool um, and really funny. Um, Tommy Boy is another big one oh, for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I quote oh, yeah. that my, one way too much. Yeah, we love Dude, that same. My brother and I reenacted the um, the scene where he breaks the toy car. There's yeah. a video of it somewhere. Oh. My, my brother and I reenacting it. And both of us wanted to be Chris Farley. So there's one take where I'm Chris Farley. And then there's another take where Sean, my, my brother Sean's Chris Farley. Um, I, I've used the chicken wing uh, scene as like a guiding principle for a lot of my life on how to Let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. <laughs> Yes. You just gotta, just gotta impress the waitress, man. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, recently, one, a movie that blew me away recently is uh, Jojo Rabbit. Okay, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard really good things. That is, I, I say it's the best comedy in the past 10 years. People tell me that's extreme. Hmm. So I'll say it's the best comedy in the past five years. He's <laughs> um, back. He's back. He's back. He's back. All right. I just really liked it. Get it off my back. Pump the brakes, um, man. It's. It's definitely in the realm of the producers, which I also love. Mm. Anything Mel Brooks is great. Although yeah. I'm not a big fan of like his movie parody stuff. Like I don't really like um, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. I wasn't oh, the biggest okay. fan of. Oh, it was kind of too. I love that movie when I was a kid. I know people. Yeah, people <laughs> love it. It's just it's too. Dude. I guess maybe broad for me or something. Mm. I don't yeah. like producers is amazing mm. and see I like baseball. So what do I know? No, yeah. well. <laughs> Different different flavors. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think I just hate medieval stuff. That's why I never watched oh, Game of Thrones. God. Not a Princess Bride oh. fan either, huh? God. See, I do like that, but like I couldn't really get into it because of the medieval okay. stuff and like Lord of the Rings I never was big on and I don't know what it was. You're um, more of a Star Trek Star uh, Star Wars kind of guy. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um I guess more of a film school comedy that probably a lot of people haven't heard of. Harold and Maud hmm. is it's a rom com between a young man like a young kid like 18 who wants to die and tries to kill himself he falls in love with an old woman who doesn't want to die wants to live forever Mm. and basically what they both learn is he learns 
he learns, wow, life is great. I want to live. And she learns death isn't that bad. I should accept my fate. Huh. And it's this really touching movie that's dark and hilarious and just more people need to know about this movie. It's um, an older one, right? Yeah, it is. It's, wow. Yeah. It's, it's on the Criterion collection. Nice. Um, so if you have that Criterion subscription, it's good, but most people probably don't, but it's really fucking good. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Anything Adam McKay's done is great. Mm-hmm. Um, except Anchorman 2. That one's not as good. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> That was just, just a that cameo was just movie. I mean, that was just them yeah. fucking around all yeah. day. Yeah. I tried getting the guy who did sound for Fast and Furious 7 that got me on. I almost skipped my spring break with my family so I could try to work on Anchorman 2. Oh, wow. But there were no openings, so I, I went on vacation. Oh, well. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Missed opportunity, but not really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a big rom-com guy. I don't know why, um, but I love When Harry Met Sally. Okay. Um, that that movie is great. And then also watched recently um, Sleepless in Seattle. I didn't expect to like that one, one as yeah. much. <laughs> I know, but I really did. I'm into these sappy things. You're going to be watching um, You've Got Mail next, right? <laughs> yeah, I already saw it. It's great. Um, I should go see what that one's originally based on. It's... um. It's a German movie. It's an Ernst oh, Lubitsch really? thing. Oh, my film school showing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> All those essays are coming back. It's flashback. <laughs> stop it! Stop invading my brain. <laughs> yeah, I was so bad at in my essays. Like I was, I'd use what I learned the term. They're called colloquialisms. Okay. I don't know what they were. Um, learned because I used them all the time. Oh, you're saying uh, all these stop. Georgia things, huh? Yeah, say all these Jordan they do. They're quicker than a catfish and fire. Um, <laughs> but uh, they told me stop using colloquialisms. Like this is how I write, man. If you don't like my writing, then oh, it's the C. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, it um, took me a while for that lesson too. <laughs> uh, there's one paper that they didn't catch me on. I had to write a paper on um, Andrew Carnegie, um, who is uh, the steel. The steel, mm. big steel monopoly mm. guy. Um, so I start off the paper. I go, Andrew Carnegie, he was just a poor boy. He did not need so sympathy. <laughs> and I always start going to, it was easy come, easy go. I didn't go that far with it. <laughs> we will not I, I let him go, pl- no. <laughs> <laughs> mama mia, mama mia. Uh, I did not get busted for that one. But uh, there's another terrible terrible one i had to write about steven spielberg and i went uh steven spielberg is a game changer and he changed the game so hard no one else could change the game (laughs) but what made him so good at changing the game (laughs) it was like the worst intro paragraph i've ever written but i was like it's going in they called you out on that one no i just got a bad grade okay (laughs) like that's overuse game yeah, exactly. Just like, okay, we're, did, it's clear you're padding out. Great besides did, that. Did he auto-change, like, words all to fucking game change? Like, I have a, my roommate, um, he, uh, he was, he's sort of the master at bullshitting. And there was a time when um, it was in a film class and he was assigned, basically he had to write about some movie. I don't, I don't quite know what the assignment was, but there was a list of you know, art house movies he had to pick, like very film school-esque movies. And he didn't pick one of those movies. He picked some other movie he wanted to watch instead, didn't watch it. And then in the essay, he just put a, a block quote that took up over half the page 
that he made up. <laughs> so he made up a block quote and then analyzed his block quote for another half a page. Wow. And then put in like two more two more block quotes and then didn't include a work cited. <laughs> so like everything he did should have gotten him a zero, maybe expelled. Right. Um because I don't know if it's plagiarism if you make up a quote. I don't think no. it's plagiarism, right? So it's like a stealing. loophole, I think. Yeah, you're just a liar. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> you're just lying. You're just and lying. He, he got a 95. Damn. Oh yeah. Like, we were, we were so fucking mad. Because mm. I would work deserved hours 100, on papers. Honestly. Yeah, honestly, yeah. For, at that range. At the end of the day, 100. yeah. Oh, and then man. I had another friend. Uh, I, had, I had four friends they, who I, I lived with, and they all went to a class called Comedy in the City together. And they were always late, so they had to sit up at the front of the class. And they just had inside jokes and were saying them the whole time, front row in the small classroom. So the poor professor just had to like take whatever bullshit they were saying. Oh man! And one day, my roommate Katie, she determined to be really funny if she turned in her essay damp, <laughs> just so when she hands in the paper, it just flop, it just sags over. And so, <laughs> I don't know why she thought it'd be funny. So she goes and she prints off two copies: one, <laughs> one version of the paper. The whole background is just a watermark image from Zootopia. (laughs) That's just in the background. That's very faint that you can't notice. And then the other paper had Zootopia in rainbow letters diagonally in the middle of a paragraph. (laughs) And just all the words were breaking around it. Um, And so I think (laughs) the watermark one got too damp and there was a hole bore in it through the faucet. So she couldn't use that one. So she used the other one and just like took a wet paper towel and just dabbed it. So it just became this damp, soggy thing and then handed it over. And the TA's face was just like, what did you just give me? And I think they got a B plus on it. And the only note they got back was like, please don't put Zootopia in the middle of your essays anymore. (laughs) These guys got away with, with murder and I was getting seized because I use colloquialisms. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's my rhetorical device. Like how is that? That's a hell of a standard they to be just, grading by. They had higher expectations of you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, all right, well, you guys just hate me and that's You fine. couldn't dampen it for us? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> there was another paper I did. Uh, Cause there's, there's one school of thought where it's kind of like when you have an essay, it's like, pick a point of view that you not necessarily agree with, but just, just write it. So I did one about comedy, about how censorship um, back in like, uh, you guys remember like the Dalton Trumbo days, you you guys ever see that movie? Yeah. Where they had like the Hayes codes and it was very uh, restrictive what you could do. I said it was good for comedy because that's when like the Marx brothers were like at their peak and they had all like all (laughs) the euphemisms and stuff that came out. Like, like made made comedy more creative to get around. Yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. where lines are like a guy gets up from a table like where are you going? He goes, I'm gonna see a man about a horse. <laughs> and like from whatever the scene context it meant he was gonna go take a shit. But it's yeah. like stuff like that would have never come <laughs> up. Um, so I said this was great for comedy. It was 12 pages. I made sh- there were colloquialisms. I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't even recognize them. I just see them as making a comparison. Um, and I get the paper back. I got a good grade. And my teacher goes, Do you actually think censorship was good for movies? I went, no, nah, it was just a more interesting argument for me to write about. Um, and she went, 
don't do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Why you would know, you do that? You know what? That meant you wrote a hell of a fucking paper because she almost believed that you did believe that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I never expected to be talking about college essays on a podcast, but here we are. Yeah, there you go. Well, no, we've learned a lot go. about you in this hour, I, I would say. <laughs> well, good. I hope so. And I hope people enjoy it. Yeah, above uh, all, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like if this interview was in 20 years and I had I was accomplished in some matter, everything would be a little bit more interesting. But it's like, this guy's still just an assistant. What do we know? Well, I, I guess that means we have to root for you now. So yeah. this becomes like uh, historic gold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this podcast ages well. Exactly. Like, remember when? Remember when he was talking about college essays? He still is for some reason, but... <laughs> See a young Jack Hackett. <laughs> don't worry, you didn't say anything too inflammatory, so they won't come back and roast you for anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was making sure to be careful. I was making sure you guys weren't going to Shane Gillis my ass. Oh, God. Nah, dude, we're not going to cancel you. Don't worry. We're, we'll avoid that. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, man. This has been Of course, fantastic. guys. appreciate it. This is very fun. We'll have to, uh, like we said, keep up with what you're doing now. <laughs> Hell yeah, keep in touch for sure. This was totally. very fun. Oh yeah, and uh, we're, real quick, where can the people find you before we uh, uh, check out here? You can go to hackitproductions.com. You can find all the other social media links there because um, I forget what my tags are. Gotcha. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Bad at promoting. Just go hey, to this one place. Hey, and quick, and, quick, man. You know, make that sure works. to listen to him <laughs> on the unsolicited podcast. That's oh, it. You yeah. got it. Thank yeah. you. He knows you your he knows your fucking tags better than you. This is crazy. All right. Do I need an assistant. <laughs> Jesse, he's got an opening. There you go. <laughs> you could be assistant to the assistant. I'll, I'll send you my resume. <laughs> All right. It better be damp. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, until next time, that's it. There you go. We're smoking America. America. We're passing America. I'm mapping America. America. I'm second America. America. We're talking America. America. We're blazing America. This has been American Slacker Podcast. You can reach the show by searching American Slacker on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. Or send them an email to American Slacker Podcast at gmail.com. You can download and rate American Slacker on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and all other podcast platforms. Visit the show's website, aspodcast.com, where you will find every episode, official merchandise, and links to their Patreon if you would like to support American Slacker. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Think about the second set of passing. Man, I gotta go and get it, grab it. Why you gotta go and neck a savage? Smoking weed, I gotta feed the habit. Now I'm on some other shit. Things that I gotta go get. Medical all on my slip. You falling like dominoes, bitch. Stuck in my ways, fucking high days, fucking sideways in the driveway. We smoking America, America. We passing the passing I'm mapping America, America. I'm second America, America. We talking America, America. We blazing America. This is fucking America, America. We second America. We second America, America.